When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Welcome to the podcast, our first of 2022. I'm your host, Andrew Ross, and kicking off uh, this year's uh, series is uh, J.F. Champagne, the president of the Automotive Industries Association of Canada. Not too long ago, we were making really great progress on right to repair. Uh, things were going smoothly. Things were moving through the Canadian Parliament. And then an election got held uh, last fall. And whether or not the folks you like got in or not, it certainly had the effect of putting a stop to all of that progress. Now, that doesn't mean that we are back exactly where we started again, but uh, I think that, JF, you can tell it best. Where are we at now with right to repair? What's happening? What are uh, people's expectations uh, moving forward for at least this year? Absolutely. Well, first off, uh, thank you very much for the invitation to join you, Andrew, and Happy New Year. Uh, looking forward to continue to collaborate and uh, work together. And uh, to your point about right to repair, uh, we did great uh, engagement with Parliament around the bill C11, mobilized the industry, launched a campaign, your card, your data, and really draw the attention of uh, politicians, Parliament, to the issue of right to repair. So I think we should be very proud of our efforts. To your point, the government, unfortunately, you know, went through an election. We're kind of back to, uh, um, again, talking with government about right to repair. But the, the beautiful thing is this time they understand the file. Uh, and it's something that has gained a lot of, of bipartisan support. It doesn't matter if, if you lean towards NDP or conservative. Most Canadians will tell you they believe in right to repair. In fact, we did a survey during the last election and uh, we went and asked Canadians, you know, uh, do you think you should have the right to choose where you want to get your car serviced? And over 90% of Canadians will tell you, yes, I want to keep the choice of fixing cars where, you know, by whom and wherever I want. And not only that, we went further and asked the people, do you think there needs to be legislation in Canada that would force the automakers to ensure that you have that choice of to where you get your car service? And it was 84%. Of Canadians say, yep, we need to have legislation. So again, it doesn't matter if you lean conservative or NDP, uh, the likelihood is you believe in the concept of right to repair. So all said and done, we have a lot of people that have returned to, to Parliament or new one coming to Parliament who have expressed interest in exploring right to repair. And not just for automotive, but also for consumer goods, electronics, cell phones. And so we definitely have the ear of Parliament and uh, many people are, are talking about a right to repair and the likelihood to see another table legislation that will support this is very likely. So um, I think that 2022 is going to be very interesting for, on that front. Sure. Uh, what, what's on the kind of on the ground? What's what's happening on that file right now? I mean, are there meetings happening or, uh, you know, is it is it uh, just kind of a little hope and pray? Where, where are things at? Sure. So a few people. Uh, Brian May uh, is a member of Parliament who had tabled a revision to the Copyright Act to enable essentially right to repair, the, the right of people to reverse engineer 
technology for the purpose of repair and maintenance. And, and that bill did not go through, but got a lot of support. Brian May says, I'm working with people in, bar in Parliament to see how we could reintroduce that bill. Uh, he is uh, a, a member of the Liberal uh, Caucus. Um, you know, we, we've been talking with uh, Brian Massey, and some of you will remember Brian Massey is uh, the uh, NDP Member of Parliament for Windsor, Ontario. He's the one who tabled right to repair uh, for our sector way back, almost 15 years ago. And Brian's still around, one of our staunchest supporters. And we met with him last week, and some of you might have caught pictures of uh, people from AI meeting with Brian, who again, you know, said, Jeff, uh, right to repair is uh, top of mind. We're talking with different people within the government, uh, and we would like to see a piece of legislation. And so we're in discussion uh, also with uh, Brian Massey on this. And finally, you've got uh, ICED, Innovation, Science and Economic Development. That's the uh, ministry responsible for C11 led by Minister Champagne. And we're also there talking with all the staff about the reintroduction of C11. That's the bill we pushed uh, uh, on the right to repair uh, before and say, okay, how are we going to reintroduce C11? And they're talking with us about, okay, how do we make this bill even better uh, in, uh, in addressing the issues of access to vehicle uh, data for, uh, for consumers in the aftermarket? So those are the things we're doing uh, right now. You mentioned that, you know, obviously this is an, an issue which cuts across a number of sectors, consumer goods and whatnot. And not too long ago, you know, Apple did make an announcement that there was going to allow, I believe it was the individuals to obtain repair parts for themselves, not professional repairers, but individuals. Uh, uh, you know, the distinction may not have a difference, as they say, but does that kind of move have an impact on the comfort level with uh, moving forward with with uh, elements? I mean, some of these things are obviously, you know, these are global trends, right? Well, Andrew, I'll be very honest. Um, manufacturers, doesn't matter which sector, have to answer this threat to their business model of right to repair. They need to control the data. They want to control repair procedures. They want to make sure that, you know, if you're going to fix something they've made, you're going to do it their way, but we're using their parts. That's how they're going to sustain and that's how they're going to survive. So they're fighting really hard against right to repair. And um, they know consumers want right to repair. So they got to show signs that, okay, sorry, we'll, we'll give you some, you know, accommodations. And, and all of that is, I believe, a bit of window dressing on the part of manufacturer trying to appease consumers trying to appease regulators and legislators so they don't get slapped with right to repair legislation. But those are distractions. I think ultimately, unless you have legislation, we're not going to be able to guarantee a right to repair for consumers for sure. Right, right, right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I guess we always try to bring it back to this, you know, for the rank and file members of the automotive aftermarket in Canada, uh, you know, what can they do to help, you know, move the, move the ball, as it were? You know, uh, Alana Baker is our new Senior Director of Government Relations. She joined AIA last year, just augmenting our GR team to make sure we drive right to repair. And then I, I know, uh, rightly so, always says, you know, JF, we need more grassroots engagement. All politics is local. You know, everyone who's listening to this, you don't know, but you really have the power to make those small changes that leads to big changes. Um, it's talking to your local MP, Talking to those people, you know, running in your writing, it's knowing someone who works in a political office. 
And all of these connections goes a long way in everyone educating uh, uh, the political machine. Um, and so what can members do is continue to be engaged, to be connected, educated, and stay posted because in 2022, we're going to re-kick again uh, a, a larger grassroots uh, member engagement initiative to really educate our members, give them the tools to be better equipped to speak to their local constituents. Uh, we made a call to all just before the new year, and uh, we're going to renew that call. Few of you responded. We need a lot more people just to say, yes, I will speak to my local MP, those local representatives, just to amplify the need for uh, right to be paid for businesses. And who's better positioned than the rank and file local person in a shop, uh, in, in a parts store, to show this is what we do, these are the people we employ, this is why it's important for the economy, and if we don't have right to repair, well, these businesses and these jobs are in jeopardy. And who's best positioned to do this than our local members? Right, right. Yeah, that's been a continual uh, kind of messaging. I know that, you know, the folks uh, down under in, in Australia got had great success in their years-long push for, for right to repair by engaging with the grassroots shops and having them make the those overtures to elected officials. It, it's a, a proven uh, strategy. Uh, it works. It, it, it helps connect uh, the, the large issue, which can be sometimes tough for people to get their arms around, especially even, uh, you know, elected officials and really connects it to their local businesses, economies and communities, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the local governments are concerned with the whole transitions to EVs. When you when you talk to uh, many people in government today, often you're going to hear these conversations about uh, EVs, whether you're for or against and you think it's going to come fast or, or, or uh, on the long run. People are talking about that. And so where and how can we play in this uh, ecosystem? I mean, I often say to people, please realize all electric vehicles is a connected car. And these connected car requires access to data in order to be properly serviced, maintained, repaired, calibrated. And this drives right back to right to repair. We need to ensure that all of these EVs uh, allows for that right to repair concept and right for consumer uh, because if you don't back again to our local shop in our local parts store well uh, these people won't be able to provide repair replacement parts uh, we're not going to be able to fix these cars and it's going to slow down the adoptions of electric vehicle slow down the adoptions of zero emission vehicle and uh, reduce the convenience uh, for canadians and increase costs to uh, you know for, for them to move around Sure. I mean, if, if memory serves, you did some uh, research uh, into that too. And as far as people's comfort level with uh, making the adoption, if, if they were restricted and where that uh, repair could be done, am I not uh, correct in that? That is correct. Uh, many research, but even more so in our recent uh, um, survey of constituents during the last election, we asked again Canadians, would you, you know, what would be your positions to buy a car that you know can only be serviced by the company that sold you the car? And there was a large percentage, up, up to 25% of these respondents said, well, I'm less likely to buy these cars if I can't get it serviced somewhere else than just the place I bought it from. So it again shows that uh, if you don't have right to repair, if you don't have consumer choice, it's going to slow down the adoptions of these vehicles. And that's something that resonates a lot with uh, with politicians. So we need to uh, to push that for sure.
Sure, sure. So, I mean, there's there's obviously there's things that, that folks can do. I guess it sounds like a little bit of a stay tuned for some tools to help uh, grassroots initiatives. Uh, and we'll certainly get the word out on those when they're available. Uh, but certainly there's no... Uh, uh, you know, there's there's no reason not to just pick up the phone and, and uh, make a call, right? Absolutely. And, you know, uh, please uh, reach out to AIA. If you've got these connections, you know someone, um, you want to engage with them, you're not exactly sure how to do it, uh, we're here to help. Uh, we'd love to be able to help you, give you the tools, the information, you know, those those key messages to use uh, that will really drive your message. Uh, and so they don't hesitate. We're here to help. Good stuff. Excellent. Now, you know, it's, it's as important as right to repair is to the industry. It, it's not the the only and, uh, you know, I don't think that anybody uh, these days can turn on the news or, uh, you know, open up a news site on their uh, phone without seeing, uh, you know, dire predictions of continuing labor shortages. Right. Uh, you know, and, and certainly shops and, and uh, others in the aftermarket are are no different. Uh, you know, I hear, uh, I see it every day, you know, I need, I need texts, I need this, I need people, uh, uh, you know, with a rebounding kind of level of business isn't, isn't helping matters, uh, much, but, uh, uh, you know, we had talked previously about kind of initiative and work that was going on at the AIA, uh, on that front. Uh, so, uh, what are we looking at for 22? So lots in the, in store for 2022 for labor. Uh, for sure, when we ask members, uh, uh, they're concerned, number one. Uh, to use, you know, as you said, right to repair is very important for the sustainability of the business. But today, it's about funding, you know, and not only finding, but also retaining labor uh, employees. So, I mean, we've been in this for a long time. We did this labor market intelligence project where we try and identified exactly trends. We use that information uh, in our engagement with the government. There's a lot of money available right now through various government programs uh, that we hope to be able to secure to help our members uh, recruit, onboard, and retain um, labor, but also provide initiatives for the upskilling of the workforce. Because as we know, um, the type of vehicle we service is changing and that requires new skills. And so we are also looking at ways that we could get these programs um, to support these initiatives so it's not just upon the members themselves to spend you know, the, the tremendous amount of money now it costs to go and find qualified uh, employees. And so our goal, again, is to find ways to reduce that financial burden, but also find ways that uh, there's a good path for the upskilling of the current workforce and finally, create the tools or continue to update our tools. Uh, some of you might be aware we have an HR toolkit. So, you know, giving the tools to those uh, AI members that might not necessarily have an HR department and not too sure about, you know, how to do things right so they can retain those employees. Well, augment these toolkits with additional content that helps them in their efforts to go and seek out new employees and, you know, make our industry attractive. Um, and demystifying a bit all the great opportunities that exist uh, in the automotive aftermarket. Sure, I mean it is, uh, you know, it is a process, uh, and uh, uh, you know, I'm constantly reminded, uh, you know, kind of unfortunately on the kind of flip side of things when when things go wrong because people talk about it when they go wrong on the HR front far more on uh, you know platforms like LinkedIn and and whatnot. Uh, than when they go right, although sometimes they they comment on those things too. Uh, so it you know all the effort to hire somebody on and get them uh, onboarded is, is it's a shame if that doesn't uh, 
doesn't go for the long haul, right? So yeah, that's for sure. And these things are not new. This is not something that's happened with the pandemic. Uh, we know that uh, um, we need to continue our efforts uh, to to make our businesses more attractive. Uh, we need to improve our HR processes to ensure that the people that work for us today wants to stay employed with us. We need to be a lot more open to uh, onboard more women. You know, we had done this awake research project that shows, you know, there's so much untapped opportunities in, in recruiting women in our industry. We've done great efforts, but we need to continue that as well. That means changing a bit of our workplace to make sure there are uh, places that uh, women wants to work at. And so all of these things combined uh, are sort of the, the key to the success of uh, coming on top of this this labor crunch that, uh, to your point, you know, is, is on everyone's mind and not just particular to, to the automotive industry. For sure. Well, that, that's great, Jeff. Uh, thanks so much for, for joining me today. It sounds like uh, the AIA has, uh, you know, some tools in place right now, some tools that are going to be updated, uh, particularly on the HR front. So keep an eye out for that. There's certainly uh, the HR toolkit is currently available from the AIA. Uh, you, uh, you know, make good use of that. I've certainly been through it a few times and, and there's lots of great resources there just to walk you through interview processes and hiring processes, onboarding. Uh, so, you know, that's a that's a really a great resource, probably underutilized. Uh, and, uh, you know, keep your eyes open for tools to help uh, connect and advance the right to repair issue uh, locally. Uh, and also, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, you open your eyes to the possibility of those coming to the workforce who uh, may not fit the mold that, that you might have thought they were before. There's a lot of folks out there who want really great jobs. A lot of people who are in other industries that, uh, you know, haven't been able to stay open. Uh, everything from hospitality and travel to restaurants. And these folks are, are looking for careers that are going to stand behind them and be there uh, in years to come. And, you know, okay, I'm a little biased, but I think, you know, aftermarket is certainly a great place to, to, uh, you know, hang your hat and, uh, you know, and, and make a, you know, like a good career, a good life. And uh, if it's, if it's in your wheelhouse, you can make your own business out of it too. So JF, thank you so much. Uh, before we go, any, any uh, closing messages for our listeners? Absolutely. May 10, May 11, we're still hopeful that we're going to be able to host our in-person annual conference. It will be in Toronto um, you know, lots of information, uh, great opportunity for networking. I know that all the Canadian uh, aftermarket um, family is looking for this great opportunity to get together under one roof. Well, again, May 10, May 11, mark your calendar. Uh, stay posted for more information. And this is where we're going to be back with the, the AIA annual, annual conference uh, for all of the great uh, AIA and aftermarket uh, family. Excellent. Thanks very much. And thanks very much for listening. Uh, Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will catch you again soon. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at IndieGarage.ca and JobberNation.ca, a brand of Chat Integrated Media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi Technologies steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com.